0: Loosely adapted from Jane Austen's Emma.
1: It totally took place in the 90s, though. (laughs) Find all of these books and more adaptations on our Originals page at thenextreel.com slash originals.
0: Start your next read from the movies we've covered. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals today. I'm Pete
1: Wright. And I'm Andy Nelson
0: Welcome to the next reel When the
1: movie ends Our conversation begins The weight of water is
2: over
0: It is all that one can do To hang on to
2: sanity Based on the number one best-selling novel This is it? Two women were discovered in the kitchen Strangled and bludgeoned With an axe she came to the island to do a story. I think the killer was in love with one of the women. So it's an act of passion. About a murder that happened long ago. I told my sister to run, but she said she was too tired. Using an axe requires intimacy. Think about how close you have to be to your victim. Now, secrets are surfacing. I was thinking about what keeps people together. So how did you two meet? Desires are stirring. When I told her to go and look for help? Promise! What? She said she could not. And the truth. How did he know the women would be alone? Isn't the only thing. What's going on? What's going on with you? To fear. Something's gonna happen. From the director of K-19 Widowmaker and Strange Days. Academy Award nominee Sean Penn, Sarah Pauley, Elizabeth Hurley, Catherine McCormick, and Josh Lucas. The weight of water. There are times in your life when you sense that something is about to happen. And at the same time you realize it already has.
0: Andy, um, this is <laughs> this is again ostensibly a story about a journalist
1: yeah it's kind of a photo journalist (laughs) photo journalism it's not this
0: is not a journalist movie
1: again well i you know okay she's a magazine (laughs) photographer and she's working on a photo essay doesn't that count like where's the you know where's the line i (sighs) i say it counts I say it counts uh, more I know, than I know. our, quote, journalist and merrily we go to hell.
0: Yeah, that's true. But in this journalist series, I mean, this is, yeah, I expect, oh, for crying out loud. Mm. All right. So we're doing this movie. It's part of our journalist series. Uh, and it gives us an excuse to bring back uh, K Biggs uh, for our Catherine Bigelow series, um, which, you know, is always nice to fill in those holes. And is that, I mean, that's how do we pick this movie? Because it was hard to find, Andy. I think there. I think there are exactly three copies of the DVD in circulation in the United States.
1: I was going to say the world. <laughs> it, seems, <laughs> it seems pretty thin trying to track it down. Reason,
0: the whole reason I'm, I'm like really like this. This whole episode is just we've just crapped the bed because like nobody can see this movie. If you haven't seen this movie. You're not seeing this movie.
1: Is all I'm saying. <laughs> It's a, it's a, an unfortunate tricky one to find. Uh I guess I I don't think it's that strange considering the film. But <laughs> but it is one of those things where you know this is the sort of thing when people say, you know, it's a movie made in this century and it's still almost impossible to track down. Yeah. And and I think that's, you know, that's one of the the struggles that people have with uh, the accessibility, which, I mean, is great. There, it, There is a lot of accessibility right now, but there are still things out there that are just incredibly difficult to find. And this is one of them.
0: This is one of them. So favorite part of the show. Andy, what do you think I thought of this movie?
1: Well, I, I, I wouldn't say that you liked it. How's that? <laughs> okay, so this is the part where you just get to
0: determine how gently I'm going to approach this movie for the next hour. <laughs> not gently andy spoiler <laughs> yeah, yeah okay so uh i think you i i don't think you loved it i don't think you loved it but i think you're going to be kinder to it than i am interesting okay that, pr- maybe all right let's see was it rated <laughs> did anybody care
1: uh this movie was rated r definitely rated r you know it, it's it got stuff in it um the rating is r because of violence Sexuality and nudity, and brief language.
0: It is, it is brief.
1: Yes, you do see a buttock.
0: There's a buttock and a breast. Yes, only one of each.
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want to watch this movie and help us out? Well. I'm not even going to do that Sorry. one. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Best of luck.
0: <laughs> Pick another. If you see an Apple Amazon or Amazon link to any other movie on our site, go ahead and click it, but not this one because <laughs> you this won't.
1: No, uh, if you want to buy a, a, a DVD copy of it on Amazon for a lot of money, uh, you're more than welcome.
0: All right. But you can't get some merch. <laughs> oh, Lord knows. What is it going to be for this movie? An axe, for sure. Probably a skull. No, no. Uh, no. It, yeah, it has to involve Smuddy
1: Nose. There aren't enough and shirts Nose say, you know,
2: <laughs> map. I'm, I'm on we my way to Smutty map. Nose.
0: <laughs> you are absolutely right. If you need to find me, you can find <laughs> me in Smuddy Nose. Yes. You can find all of that uh, at truestory.fm. slash merch. Shirt stickers, mugs, mass pillows. We don't have parchment maps yet, but maybe we can talk to T Public about getting started with their with their official <laughs> official maps
1: of <with> smutty Nose. <laughs> parchment map line. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Uh we are uh featuring audio reviews from our dear listeners. Send us your 30-second audio review to reviews at TrueStory.fm once you watch the film. You just might end up on the show. you got to get them in quick, though. We generally are recording about two weeks in advance, so uh, make sure you're watching those movies and then sending those reviews in with time for us to get it on the show. Again, it's reviews at truestory.fm.
0: And if you're wondering where you can see what movies we're talking about in the coming weeks for the rest of the season, find our entire series rundown on our Letterboxd HQ page. While you're there, sign up for a pro or patron membership with the discount code NEXTREEL or just visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd and you'll be able to get 20% off. This works for renewals as well.
1: If you're looking for ways to support the show, uh, you know, it is It is a new year, and you know maybe one of your resolutions is to kind of help these independent podcasts out. Uh, well, we'd love it if you consider becoming a member. We are. Uh, you can just go to our website, uh, thenextreel.com. We use Patreon's memberful platform, so it's built right into our own site. Just go to thenextreel.com, and uh, click on the membership link and you can learn more
0: members get early access to every episode they also get so many bonus episodes uh oh there's just a lot of bonus episodes plus we do a member bonus episode that fills a gap from one of our series and our uh uh, series long retake episode where we summarize talk about uh hash out the series that we just finished and don't forget the monthly flick chart re-ranking episode uh, where we go head-to-head and discover repeatedly, repeatedly, how much of a cheater Andy is, thanks to internet delay.
1: Pete likes to call me out, but I like to say I'm the gentleman of the group. I don't call him out when he's doing his cheating. I just shake my head. Cheat.
0: And... That's because I don't cheat, because you have uh-huh. nothing. You, uh-huh. have nothing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: you have nothing. You
1: uh, have nothing. He wishes. Anyway, uh, yeah, we have all these great things. And, uh, you know, to become a member, as I said, just go to truestory.fm slash TNR membership. The most it'll cost you is $5 per month or $55 per year.
0: All right, Andy, let's talk about the weight of the water.
1: How heavy is it? There aren't enough movies about the attributes of water. We have the weight of water and we have the shape of water. (laughs) Shape of water, yes. What else are we missing? Like, what's the, the taste of water? The taste of water, the smell of water, water. the The scent of of water water. is that
0: there's got it. That is like a that is a absolute lock for a Nancy Myers movie. The scent of water.
1: Yeah. Who would do the taste of water? I feel like that's Pedro Almodovar. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's right. That's pretty good. That's pretty
0: good. Uh, Then we have the color color of water. The color of water. Well, that's an Oprah Winfrey production for sure. (laughs)
1: Tyler Perry's The Color of Water. Tyler Perry's The Color Winfrey. of Water,
0: starring, <laughs> starring and produced by Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, and, I love and this. And of course,
1: Mahershala Ali will be in it twice. That's right. I, uh, I I I think we need to talk to these people and get this the 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 water attributes franchise off, and, off the That's ground. Right.
0: Blot blots in the chat room. <laughs> the sound of water, but it's just ASMR. <laughs> You can already find that on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) The touch of water. That's right. The touch of water. Uh Oh, God. Um, Yeah. So... This movie has water, takes place on an island. They're all going to... I feel like we need to sort of summarize what's going on in the movie. Yeah. And, there's, uh, there's, because nobody's going to watch
1: it. <laughs> there's two parts to the movie. Um, the present day part of the... And well, we should say, it is based on a book that was generally rated fairly high. It was a very popular book yeah. uh, You know, that came out... Did you in, read it? I did Did you check it out? Uh, by Anita Shreve. By uh, Anita Shreve. Yeah, it yeah. came out in 97. Um, it's... it the. It, I mean there's a present day story about Jean Jaynes. she's a magazine photographer working on a photo essay about some real murders uh these are in fact real murders that happened in eighteen seventy three on Smutty nose Island everybody's favorite stop on their way to new hampshire um, so uh but anyway, Jean and her husband are going to the island to do some research and to get there um they're they her husband's brother happens to have a boat, uh, so he's the one who's taking them over to the island to do this research, and he brings along his girlfriend, Adeline, who may or may not have had an affair or is even having an affair with uh, Jean's husband, Thomas. <laughs> Very mysterious. Uh, so there's a lot of, like, relationship drama going on in the present day, but we have a lot of flashbacks because as jean is doing this research on Smutty nose island everybody's favorite stop on their way to new hampshire <laughs> they uh, she starts uh, she she's finding more material about uh, it basically it was it was three sisters were attacked two of them were killed one of them survived by hiding in a sea cave until dawn um the uh, well it was it was two sisters and a sister-in-law and um the one woman who survived says that it was that german louis wagner who was staying at our house he done it and um so he gets tried and hanged and uh and that's kind of the end of it but as Jean is doing this research, she starts thinking, oh, you know, there's a lot of evidence that maybe he didn't do it. And maybe it was one of the – maybe it was the survivor. Maybe she's the one who actually did it. And uh, and that's kind of the story. We get this parallel journey of two sets of relationships in time um, and and kind of like building to their, their kind of culminating climaxes as we uh, as kind of the tensions of the relationships peak that's really kind of where it goes so yeah i don't know what you think
0: (laughs) this this was such a painful watch for me <laughs> it was yeah. so not worth the wait and the trouble uh of actually securing <laughs> the movie first i don't think the split narrative works at all like i found myself just stay in the present and do make a research movie and if you need to do little flashbacks fine but the the weight that they put on what amounted to me effectively like oh it's let's go like a a college production of um you know a a period film and it 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 was just i just couldn't take it seriously any of it even the the murder parts uh I, i just couldn't take it seriously it felt like i was watching something that was lampooning itself i did not care for any of the of the period stuff not even a little bit, I was just looking at my watch, I was looking at my phone, like whatever I could do to get out of the of the back in timey stuff. Uh, I think this movie needed to pick a lane if it was going to be a back in timey movie. let's make a back in timey movie and not jump back and forth the the whole the whole there's chocolate in my peanut butter kind of angle of merging these two stories did not work all the way to the very end when I did not i just did i was it was forehead slappingly silly when the at the climax of the movie uh when the the two women you know cross time underwater and i i don't i just if if i had but cared it, at it, all it, it was I because of the weight it. of the water <laughs> oh it was so heavy it was the pressure <laughs> of water allows them to transcend time how stupid is that it was stupid the
1: book was celebrated, I think, because of the way that Anita found to connect these two stories and to find this this sense of this um, tension between the two the un, kind of the the unspoken emotions coming up on both sides, and how all of that kind of um, climaxes peaks you know and I just felt like the film had no surprise, no, there was nothing in it that was engaging. And it was very peculiar because, I mean, I, I like Catherine Bigelow a lot. And we've talked about a lot of her films um, over the, over the seasons uh, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I I was, you know, it was, it was one of those things as, as I'm watching um our, our protagonist, Jean Janes, played by Catherine McCormick, talking about this case that had happened on Smutty Nose Island, everybody's favorite stop on their way to New Hampshire. <laughs> She's like, I I don't think that he did it. I don't think that that this um Lewis person did it. I think it was one of the girls. And it's like, okay, well duh, and now there's no mystery to the story because it's like it, I mean everybody's like, oh Lewis did it, Lewis did it, Lewis did it. And it's like, well, it's a really boring story if Lewis did it. So sure, it was the, it was the sister. And I yeah. mean, okay, there's an interesting element about this backstory that Marin had about having um kind of had, had an incestuous relationship with her brother who eventually comes with his new wife and nobody's talking about it. But that's one of the reasons that this character um kind of you know she's so upset and broken about kind of everything that she ends up killing her sister and her sister-in-law it's kind of interesting it's not carried off in a way where i ever felt there was any surprise at all and that was what was really for me surprising because i'm like this is catherine bigelow this is something that i i would expect some sense of um some mystery but it's just like once once uh jean put it out there it's like okay well now we just have to wait for this to happen and then intercutting it between the present day story which i i definitely found to be a complete snooze because it's just like god could i mean you know elizabeth hurley she's gorgeous but could she play any sluttier and it's like
0: (laughs) she's a caricature from frame one
1: i know and gene is just like watching like and i'm like geez i mean it was it was a real surprise to me That the film just was so on the nose with everything that like there was no engagement and no surprise at all. And, you know, when we get to the big climax in the water, I'm just like, okay, well, uh, I don't really care if anybody dies here, you know, whatever. The whole boat could go down and I just wouldn't care you
0: know you know Um, and it's funny like sarah polly um, in in the old timey stuff i i really like sarah polly in general like i i think she actually has a, a strong bent for playing like victimized characters wounded characters and uh i and so i i find her enormously charismatic why in this movie is she cardboard cardboard every like this is i this is story and direction to me i think that's that's where this because we absolutely have evidence that people in this movie are extraordinary performers i think they're extraordinary performers and they come together and make wood they i (laughs) it it was just wood i i found the the big climax in the old-timey thing right the the big uh reveal that the older sister has discovered the two younger sisters lying in bed together and yeah there was like a hint of weirdness of course there was tr- there was the the discovery that she had lain with her brother um which was like uh, I don't know. It felt like it should have been a bigger part of the story. Than it was <laughs> like I felt like felt like it was sort of uh, relegated to the dark corner of the old timey storyline, and uh, and and maybe the the main storyline people weren't talking about what was actually going on in the in in the old timey days enough. Uh, it, but the the when it all exploded in the third act and the 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 big murder scene uh, happened, I thought, what really? Would they really resort to this kind of mechanical uh violence? It was like such an unearned scene. Like such an unearned scene when Polly stands up in bed and, and goes after her sister with the chair. I the look on her face was animatronic. She was an animatronic robot. She was a robot person. That's what Catherine Bigelow did. She made Sarah Polly into a robot person.
1: Yeah, it was it was a peculiar turn because it's like she, okay there's there's i i guess the story that they're playing with is you know she is one of those people who, there's there's something that's a little broken in her because she clearly doesn't see anything wrong with uh sleeping with her brother but then all of a sudden to go from like she's the one who's kind of the embarrassment in the family and she's kind of carrying that shame and forced into this marriage because of all of that but then all of a sudden in this moment to just like switch is flipped now i'm gonna you know hit you with the chair now i'm gonna get the axe yeah now i'm gonna drive it into your head and like all the stuff now like murder bride yeah yes, it's right. like where, the murder where, bride of smutty nose uh, who are yeah smutty <laughs> nose everybody's favorite <laughs> stuff on their way to new hampshire <laughs> it's uh it was a baffling baffling film and i i just i was so surprised that that it just it, it like i don't know i found it clunky from the get go, like nothing about it, and, and it's it is so frustrating because, yeah, these characters I mean Sarah Pauly, she is great, uh, Sean Penn, I generally always enjoy uh Sean Penn and Josh Lucas is fun to watch uh, Catherine Katherine McCormick, she's not in as much that that I've seen, but when she when I do see her, I like her, and Elizabeth Hurley, I just generally think of as um kind of just more of a fun actress it, when when I see her and things she just doesn't act a whole lot. Um, usually my brain just goes to you know the days when she was with Hugh Grant and so i don't know it just it's one of those things where eh, like everything about it just and, and wh- i i never remember how to say his name siren Hines? siren is that how I, you say it i think so
0: i yeah. and i was wondering that too i was hoping you would get it right
1: i i don't know
0: siren garan
1: yeah,
0: um, yeah, but, uh, you
1: know, and he's like right now I'm uh, getting major award buzz for his performance in Belfast. And so, yeah, I know. Right. He is a great performer. Like he's done some amazing films. Um, and then there's this. You want to go see w- weird old Richard Donat? Go
0: watch Haven. Don't watch this movie. He was, he was <laughs> in this movie as like the the barrister and uh, uh, didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, are we done? <laughs> This movie weirdly comes out between Strange Days and K-19, The Widowmaker. So it was five years after Strange Days and two years before The Widowmaker.
1: And she had written Undertow uh, shortly after Strange Days. So that was a a project that she had worked on. It wasn't a directorial thing, but there was another project between Strange Days and this.
0: Do you know how she ended up with this movie?
1: I don't. This is one of those where I was kind of like hoping I could find more in like her bio or something about like how this landed in her lap. I don't know if she had read the book and wanted to get it made. Uh, You know, Wikipedia is very light on information from, uh, for her. It, it, I mean, really has next to nothing. Um, So I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, I I wish that I had found more information about her uh, connection to it. I, and maybe it's one of those things where because it was not received well uh she just doesn't talk about it much anymore yeah
0: weird well what what do you think of the cinematography adrian biddle is is behind the camera and this is a thing that that had me it teased me uh, from from the jump because i actually find the modern stuff on the boat uh i, I in the early pieces of the movie i actually found it quite lovely i i I really like the way it, it was shot early on. And I just, I just don't think the story lived up to what was possible. There were some also really interesting ways they, they did, you know, in terms of if you buy into the jumping back and forth with time thing, I, I think the mechanic they used in editing, uh, between editing and camera, to actually move us back and forth through time and insinuate, sometimes way too heavy-handedly, but at least insinuate that they were going to try and merge these stories at some point. Um, so mechanically, I, I found there were some things to appreciate in the way it was shot. What did you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the way it was shot. I like the the kind of the separation in the different tones between the two stories, just to kind of like kind of give us that that nice sense It, it everything kind of has that. Um, it's not quite sepia sort of look for the story in, in in the past, but it does have kind of a, a, a more muted tone to it. It feels a little older world, I guess. And so it, I guess it wasn't a surprising delineation that they chose to go with um, across these two times, but I thought it was done effectively. And, you know, Biddle, I think, is a, a fantastic uh, cinematographer who generally is doing quality work like this. And I will say, all of the water work that we had, like when they 're on their boat, especially when they 're in the storm, I found it to be incredibly effective i mean there are there are movies where i 'm watching scenes with boats, and i 'm like ah, it feels like we 're on a tank you know it just doesn 't feel like we 're out in the environment it doesn 't quite feel as real and threatening and I know you know probably from her former relationship with James Cameron that they filmed all the stuff down in the um, the the, the uh, tank studio that that fox had built for titanic down in mexico and they, and they filmed all the water stuff down there and um that may be why it looks so good like i was just really impressed with all of the storm sequences i'm just like it 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 works exceptionally well here so uh and and that's also biddle shooting all that yeah
0: and especially at the end in the, the final big storm mm-hmm. sequence i thought was was you know Pretty harrowing, there. And there were some some again forehead slapping moments of like you know leave, don't leave the wheel. Of course she's going to leave the wheel. Of course she's going to leave the wheel. Um, it, you know the the whole cross of the assassination bit was just puzzling. I I, just, I did not understand why suddenly the jealousy had been had so haunted her that she was moved, possessed to pull the rope and knock you know Curly overboard. That, it was uh, silly. Um, But the threat that the water posed, especially when when Sean Penn was was in the water, um, you know, as he's out in that there was there's like this weird, tumultuous, like maw of foaming, frothing water out just just out uh, outside of of the, the range of the rope and the rescue buoy. Um, I thought that was really threatening, and I think it looked good, and it was it was shot well, and the storm worked for me so you know in in that regard, there was some legitimate threat yeah we we can't not mention that speaking of things that aren't surprises, they took the brooding poet Sean Penn and drowned him like speaking of things you 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 didn't have to see the movie to know that brooding poet Sean Penn would end up in the in the drink. <laughs>
1: Well, and, and that was something that just like, for me, it made no sense, right? Like, yeah. like, he, <laughs> like, like, uh, Adeline gets knocked into the water and he goes diving after her, and his brother throws the uh, lifesaver, and, and Sean Penn grabs it and swims to her so that he can save her. But then he lets go of it so that she can get right, saved. It's like, right, what? just hold right. on to it also. Like, you right. both can hold on to it. Why do you let go? You're in water. He can, smiling
0: Josh Lucas, can pull you both to the boat. He really can. He's, he's hunky and strong. Oh. And that smile carries a lot of the weight of water. So much <laughs> smiling.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, I mean, I will say, the way that the water you know i i don't know there's a parallel with kind of the the turbulence of the water that pairs with the emotional turbulence in the film so you know there are things like that that i i like how how bigelow kind of Finds that and develops that all that water at the end, and I mean that all works nicely. I also like uh, uh, going back to the kind of the cinematography, but like all of the the shots of the things that are falling under the water, just kind of like you get through the title sequence, and then periodically as as Jean is dreaming, like the letters underwater or a a floating dress underwater. Like there's some beautiful mm-hmm. photography throughout, and even when Sean pens under or or um, when Jean is under and she sees the people, like. The, the way that that plays under there is really nice. Like, there is some nice, um, just beautifully crafted and lit moments. It's just unfortunate that the movie around it isn't that great. But it's, I mean, it does look good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. It looks good and it lives up to, to Biddle's, uh, you know, experience behind the camera and all the the wonderful movies that he's done. And And he has done other movies that don't live up to his skill on the camera. This is not the only one. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, we, we lost him in 2005. The last film that he did was V or Vendetta.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Uh, so speaking of an interesting looking film.
1: You know, and speaking of the look of the film, and this is something I think that, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if we talk about too much in Bigelow's films, but I mean, you know, she, she works really well with her production design team. And, you know, her production designer for this film was Carl, I don't know how I'm going to say it, juliusen Juliusson, it's like a double-accented name. Um, mm-hmm. I I felt like when we were back in time, uh, you know, the actors I I sometimes struggled with, but just like the look of the town – the things in the houses, uh, other, you know, I mean, for the most part, like it just felt old world. And so like, I don't know, I, just, I really enjoyed seeing those things. And, and I like the way that that was crafted. Like when you see Marin and her sisters just doing like the housework and everything else, I'm just like, it feels like it felt like real. Like I enjoyed those elements in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I I agree with that. Like, I
0: just think I think the problem that I have is with the the back in time stuff is twofold. First, I've already expressed I don't like it in this movie. Second, I this is not my favorite kind of of period exploration. Right? Like, I don't I don't love this this part in history, Scandinavian history. Like, it it just doesn't. It's not it's not good for me. It takes a Big. I can't think of a single movie that takes place in in this period that I don't struggle to maintain attention.
1: You you really struggled with the emigrants, didn't you?
0: I did. I continue. I am still actively struggling with the emigrants. I think it's still playing (laughs) somewhere in my house. Uh, so so I struggle with it already. To that end, I, I think, you know, for for giving us the, you know, celebrating the period of Smutty Nose, uh, everyone's favorite <laughs> destination on the way to New Hampshire. Um, I, I think that it's it's fine. It's fine. My favorite part of the production design was the puppy. That puppy was adorable. And I think they actually aged the puppy between cuts to demonstrate the passing of time that it takes her sister to arrive by ship. <laughs> um, which I thought was a really that was a really nice nod. I'm looking at that dog, I'm saying that dog just
1: aged. Nice job, movie. Really yeah. great job, movie. Yeah, it's it yeah. is an interesting thing. And you know, I mean, I, I didn't realize this, but um somebody has pointed out that there is this unofficial water trilogy with Catherine Bigelow. Um Point Break. This film and K nineteen Widowmaker, and I guess I'd have to look at that a little bit more. But it's all about water, the whole idea. As it, you know, this article I found water as a symbol, motif, and space. Um, I mean, I think there's something interesting with that. I guess I'd really have to look at those three films and think about it more. Because um, I don't know. I guess I didn't think of that as any form of a connection. And honestly, I I, I can't think. I can't remember much about K-19 Widowmaker. So I'd have to just watch that movie again to really figure that one out. But it it is interesting, though, that you think about that. Like, there is something with Bigelow and these stories about water and, um, I don't know, just people living in it and surviving as they hang out in it and stuff. I don't know. Did you get anything about that?
0: That, Check me. Well, check me on this. Obviously, I I think this is actually a piece that I struggle with, is that I didn't see... She's she's absolutely tricked us because all I want to say is I didn't see the weight of the water impact the two parts of the story equally. Is that a fair statement?
1: Yes. Because it seems to impact the second story more than the story in 1873.
0: Yes. And and I feel like what the movie was trying to do in terms of building a parallel Structure, and titling the movie the way it does, I would expect water to play a larger role than just setting in both parts. And in the eighteen seventy three part of the film, water is just a setting. Uh, it's not even a it's so much.
1: It's just they're surrounded they, by. They it. just. I mean, it's
0: yeah. It's a background. It's like uh, it, they're on an island, so water is also present. Yeah. Right. Like there is no there's there no connection to water beyond the fact that there are boats on it and sometimes they're on the boats and they use boats to do transition cuts to, uh,
1: between, across time.
0: Yeah, Marin water never is gets a, on a boat.
1: Marin is never No, on she
0: a never boat. gets on a boat.
1: No, she's never on a boat. She sends people off on boats. She welcomes people from boats. Yeah, Lewis doesn't even go on a boat. I mean, he comes to their land and then he has, uh, what does he have? Um, some illness and he can't get out of bed and so she basically has to take care of him (laughs) it's just like
0: rheumatism that was the best come on ever i immediately my wife was not around but i immediately noted in my come on journal uh my rheumatism requires that you uh massage my joints would that be okay (laughs) with you (laughs) (laughs) my come on journal now has exactly one line in it i can't wait to try it (laughs)
1: Well, I, I guarantee you're going to be crossing that one out right, right <laughs> as soon as you've tried it. So much for that. Come on, journal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, anyhow, there are boats. Uh, I, I I thought he did like the the last one that where he, where he, the men said, we're just going out for our shore for our chores. Well, you're never going to beat this wind. And then they were on a boat. And then suddenly she said, well, they're never going to beat the wind. They'll be stranded wherever they end up. I thought he was on the boat with them. No, he wasn't, obviously. That was that was the brother. The brother. And, and her, her husband. husband.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I don't think he was ever on a boat. No, because he in. had rheumatism. He was, like, in bed the whole time. He had rheumatism. Like, like, That's I don't right, not know You're right. Well, because didn't he get a job or something? Because he was, like, that was the whole thing. Because, you know, he wasn't there when she, you know, turns into, you know, Bloody Mary and starts hatcheting everybody. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't actually remember where he was. I, I think that, but he couldn't have been at work because then people said, "Oh no, he was with me." I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I, I'm looking it's at the crazy. actual story. So, so this is an actual story. March six, seventy three, 1873. Uh, Karen and Annette uh, Christensen were were strangled, and one was struck with a hatchet. Maren had escaped and hid in a place that's now called Maren's Rock. Um, and she said. That Louis Wagner was the killer. He was tried, convicted, and hanged. Uh, what's interesting, and they didn't depict in the film, is that uh, he fled the island and he was hunted down. He was arrested in Boston, extradited, extradited back to Portsmouth, and then 10,000 angry townspeople waited for him at the train station and shouted him all the way to the police station, chanting, Lynch him, kill him. Wow.
0: Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You j- are you telling me that the town of Smutty Nose has ten thousand people in it?
1: No, this was in Portsmouth where he was tried. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank goodness! There, I, I don't missed think that part. I don't think Smutty Nose Island you know, <laughs> could, could even hold could, yeah, ten thousand no. people. Um, <laughs> no. And then once he was once he was convicted and put in jail, he was brought to Alfred Maine. No, sorry, he was brought to Alfred Maine. For trial. After he was condemned to death, he actually broke out of jail, escaped to New Hampshire, and then was recaptured and brought to the gallows uh, where he was hanged. Like, I feel like there's so much more interesting stuff with him and his story. And this is a person who has rheumatism and is lying in bed. Oh, my joints. Come massage my joints. Like, really? It sounds like you can do quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, see, this
0: is a perspective thing. We just fixed the movie. You can get rid of the jumping back and forth thing, or maybe if you really have to have the jumping back and, and, and forth thing, you know, you really uh, uh, feel like you have to have Catherine McCormick. You know, she's already signed on the line. You bookend the story and have her doing her little research in the beginning and have her have learn her lessons at the end. Fine.
1: It, uh, it's not but great. We're, but it's then there. We got a and bookend. then. And then.
0: But then tell the story of this guy yeah. and his journey, right? Tell the, tell the Jean Valjean story, right? That's what I want. Uh, I, I, I want to know about the wrongly convicted and his efforts to free himself that ultimately end in sorrow and death. And this story was bonkers and it never tied together. How did you feel about uh, Josh Lucas and um, Sean Penn as brothers?
1: Did you buy it? Yeah. I, I, th- I didn't have any issue with them. Like, I, I, I actually enjoyed the cast in general across the board. I just didn't think they were given anything good to work with. But, I mean, I thought they, they played kind of the brother angle well. Like, I enjoyed their yeah. kind of playfulness and everything. Uh, you know, I, gosh, I just, like, the, I guess the only person I struggled with in the casting was Elizabeth Hurley. Because she's just, I mean, she's gorgeous. And, but then when she's all of a sudden, like, reciting his poetry back to him and stuff i'm like hmm i don't know if i'm buying this like especially like while she's laying there you know sunbathing topless (laughs) it's just like I, i don't know if i'm buying this anymore you know it's it's just like it went all weird and and i'm like she's i i just can't buy her as this person who's like so taken by his poetry um like i i struggled with some of those elements
0: Oh god you're right. She was such a fangirl over his poetry. Not in a million years did I buy that angle. I I I found it difficult to buy that he was a poet. Like what a what a silly profession to give him in this context of this boat. Just made it just brought the whole mood of the the present tense of the movie to a screeching halt every time they cut back after about, you know, the halfway point of the film. Especially, especially their conversation. So the, uh, uh, Catherine McCormick and Elizabeth Hurley have this conversation in the below decks. Uh, and <laughs> McCormick is so moved to, to jealousy that she has to out her husband, Sean Penn, as having killed a girl. You know, he killed a girl. Why? Where did that conversation even come from? Nonsense. Did not believe it one single bit that that is her motive, that, that she was so swollen with jealousy and rage seething under the surface that she she felt like she needed to have that conversation. Just, there are no paths that led to that
1: table for me. But again, it just goes to like, and I, I'd i really have to read the book to figure out, like, did the book make more sense? Because as the film, like, as we're jumping back and forth in time between these these two storylines, I'm just like, I just don't, like, where's the, I, I mean, I get that there's kind of this emotional Connection between people having difficult times with their relationships, but I just I, I I didn't feel like there was a lot of logic in in the connections. And when Jean was having like the dreams and having these moments and stuff, it's just like uh, how is that making sense in the way that we're finding this the connection and building these two stories successfully, so that when we get to that climax where both stories are climaxing at the same time. Like I'm right there with kind of the way that it's unfolding. Like it just it never does any of that, and it was it was frustrating from the get go.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a
1: tough watch. It was a tough watch. Oh yeah, yeah, that's too
0: bad. I got nothing else, man. I got nothing else.
1: Like I said, I, I I liked the cast. I thought they did a good job. Um, but yeah, there were just a lot of these elements that just didn't play well. Oh, yeah. and also did you read it where uh, cuz i sure did where her uh, this in the the story in the past where maren's husband and her brother like as the trial was going on and she was saying that oh yes uh wagner is the one who did all of this as all of that is coming out it really makes it seem like her brother and her husband completely knew that she's the one who did it but they weren't going to say anything. Uh, but the way that their faces looked, like we would keep cutting to shots of them during the trial and stuff, it just felt like, are are like, are they really implying that these two men know that she did it, but they're just going to let it go because, I don't know, because it's their wife slash sister, because it's a woman, yeah, like, because I, that's the island, the
0: island culture. Like uh-huh. that protect the island kind of a thing. Like, it's the same thing that that, like as she as as it's cut together, the, as he is being hanged, she is in the uh, office saying, you know, we need to.
1: Oh, that's right. She admits uh, it.
0: I, I need to tell you the truth. Yeah. She admits the whole thing and they just they bury it. And and that is, you know, yeah, they're gonna, like, oh,
1: yeah, we got to Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not not wink, wink.
1: Yeah, we can't, we can't let this out. We're going to have to just hide this away. And that was a strange element also because it really makes it seem like, (laughs) which makes no sense. The gene of all people, this magazine photographer working on a photo essay is the one person who stumbles across this evidence after it's been sitting there for (laughs) over a century, but she's the first person to look at it. She finds it and and has all the puzzle pieces, and then of course the storm happens, and all of the evidence gets washed away with with uh, the storm. Yeah, I was I mean, is that how it happened? Because I know she she's like, know. oh, this is the this is the because they're like, this looks like the original. Oh yeah, I kind of borrowed it from them. You know, like she goes through that whole thing, which I'm just like, that seems odd. Uh, like ah, that whole yes. thing, it makes me angry. Like the more I think about, it, like that that whole thing is so stupid. It's like she takes the originals out onto the boat. The wind is blowing them around. They're all trying to rescue them, and then the storm destroys it all anyway. But that's the actual evidence. Like the whole thing, it's just like what? Are you kidding me? And nobody <laughs> has looked at this in over a hundred years, right? Right. It's, it's it's just ridiculous. That really it's just ridiculous. Oh, just yeah. makes me mad. Now the more I think about that.
0: It does. It does. And, it, uh, so. It- you know, all of this is somehow fueling again, don't get me started on what they did to Catherine McCormick's character and her seething jealousy that, that is supposedly roils up from beneath as a result of the weight of the water and the weight of history uh, as she is somehow spiritually connected to m- murderous Marin, um and uh, leading to, of course, the tawdry almost sex scene in the library, which I thought was so dumb. Yeah. Again, a, a totally unearned Uh, opportunity for uh, Sean Penn to be upset because he isn't getting any in the library (laughs) like so brooding (laughs) it it was just yeah I feel like this movie has has quickly become a punchline it's It's unfortunate
1: well it's frustrating And, and again
0: we should say movies are hard movies are so hard I absolutely get it and I want that out there and also again can't go without saying, I've done stuff that isn't great either. So it's, it's okay <laughs> to have some stinkers in our catalog. <laughs> That's right.
1: Absolutely. The okay. um, it, And it's frustrating because, you know, Catherine Bigelow is a director that we really love, you know, and I mean, I even went back and rewatched Strange Days uh, because, you know, we were pretty brutal on when we did our show about that movie. And I rewatched it and I found, you know, I'm like, why am I being so hard in this movie? It actually is a really enjoyable movie. And so I, I, I brought my ranking of that one back up. And I mean, there are still a few movies left that we haven't talked about. Like, I think we still need to track down The Loveless, Blue Steel, and K-19. And then I think we will have kind of completed all of the films that she's directed um, on the podcast. And... uh, and largely, I really enjoy her work. Like, I find that she does a lot of really fun stuff. So it's it's interesting. And I, again, I would love to know. Like, is this just a director for hire job that they kind of gave to her? Is this a passion project of hers where she found this book and it's just like, I absolutely have to make tell this story? Like, what was the story behind her connecting with this and bringing it to the screen? Because it it's it was it's a bit of a surprise to me that this. Is kind of what we ended up getting here.
0: It really is. So, okay. All right. That's the movie.
1: All right. Well, we uh, will be right back. But first, our credits.
0: The next reel is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson, music by Ancori and Ramon, Oriol Novella, and Eli Catlin. Andy usually finds all the stats for the awards and numbers at the v- numberscom boxofficemojo.com, imdb.com, and wikipedia.org. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.
1: You know, Pete, I didn't, yeah. I didn't tell you, or uh, we didn't mention this earlier, and I I haven't researched it to be able to verify it uh, as an actual fact, but uh, especially because this comes from IMDb trivia, which is, you know, a step below Wikipedia, which is, you know, (laughs) a step below actual research. Um, But somebody did point this out. This story is apparently the reason that there is no death penalty in the state of Maine, because after the execution, they realized, oh, you know, the other woman could have actually been the killer. And so... Apparently that's that's the thing. <laughs> oh
0: my God! But it's a story, not the movie, right? No, it, no, it the, actual murder, a, the actual murder, the actual 1873,
1: not the yeah. movie. Yeah, the movie didn't come out and go. Yeah, holy cow! Oh have my, God,
0: we had this wrong all this time. <laughs> Death penalty. <laughs> Thank you, K. Biggs. <laughs> 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 all right, did we uh,
1: did we have any awards? Surprisingly, yes, the movie did have okay. one win. One other nomination at the Film by the Sea International Film Festival. Catherine Bigelow won the Film and Literature Award. I don't even know who she was nominated against, but uh but there you go. Uh win one for the team, I guess, there. And then at the San Sebastian International Film Festival, Catherine Bigelow was nominated for the Golden Seashell, but she lost to the film The Ruination of Men. All right. Not yeah. festivals that you hear about too much.
0: No. Nope. Nope. It is not. Um, how about at the box office? Did she make any money?
1: You know, this, uh, was not a good one. For Bigelow, the film cost $16 million to make, which is $22.7 million in today's dollars. The movie premiered at at, uh, Toronto International Film Festival September 9th, 2000, but it actually didn't get released theatrically until July 31st, 2002. That was over in France, and then November 1st, 2002, domestically, opposite I Spy and The Santa Claus 2. The film did no business anywhere, opening in 58th place here and only earning 109000 domestically and 212000 internationally for a total gross of 456000 in today's dollars. That lands the film with an adjusted loss per finish minute of $197,000. Not a good spot on our chart for Bigelow.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, that, that a, hurt. Yeah, that's, a, that's a loss. And then to follow that up with The Widowmaker. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but was it a moneymaker? That's the thing. <laughs> That's the that that is the question. Yes. That's the question. All right.
0: We, do you remember what you saw that weekend?
1: It wasn't any of those three films. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that hit, I didn't see uh, I Spy. Uh, I didn't see The Santa Claus. Uh,
0: Owen too. Wilson, Eddie Murphy. Owen Wilson. There's there is something in <laughs> Owen Wilson that Owen Wilson and Josh Lucas were in uh movies opposite one another, I find some subversively. Satisfying because I kind of can see them as the same person.
1: (laughs) That's interesting,
0: right? An alternate, like Owen Wilson, is alternate universe. That is too funny.
1: I, you know, I'm trying to think like what else. Um, what I would have seen. Um, I it it had to be something that had come out before or after. Like, uh, Jonathan Demme's The Truth About Charlie came out the weekend before. I know I saw that in the theater. Frida, I saw in the theater. Um, The Ring. Uh, remake I saw that in the theater mm-hmm. um, after this um, Femme Fatale Brian De Palma's film I saw 8 Mile mm-hmm. Far From Heaven uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets so I mean there were a lot of films really what you're saying is you saw all the movies I saw before everything. he would have even begun everything. to see this one <laughs> Die Another Day yeah there there were yeah. a lot of films uh, that came out in this window um, that I would have seen instead of this one because wow. I, I remember seeing the trailer and the trailer just did nothing for me.
0: Yeah. Well, now we know why. Now we know why. What What excites me about uh, what comes next, Andy, is that I feel like I'm going to let cat out of the bag here. I feel like we're going to we're going to toss to the trailer for next week's movie right now. And I'm calling it the next real journalism series apology tour film.
1: <laughs> because it's a film about journalists.
0: <laughs> it's a film that's actually about journalists. And I'm going to go ahead and give you your answer for this segment next week. I enjoyed the hell out of it.
1: Well, we're going to talk about it next week because there's there's something to be said about that film. Also, about not actually following journalists for getting stories like that's not what that <laughs> film is about. So it's an interesting it's not about
0: them being good at it at all.
1: The only yeah yeah it's an interesting series that we've done because the journalists like the, I, I don't know I think if we went back to Salvador Oliver in our Oliver Stone series that might be. A film that would fit in this series better than any of the films that we're talking about. (laughs) Yes, you're right.
0: You're right. That's that's accurate. Anyway, here's the trailer. Here's the trailer. For between the lines.
1: Is this going to take long? I have a meeting in five minutes. I'll get down to specific figures then. Specific figures. For what? For what? For my raise. I wouldn't accept his first offer because he wouldn't go for the paid vacation. a story for me this week have i ever missed the deadline constantly and you've been picking up a paycheck for years you don't do a damn thing you don't think that's work
0: let me tell you what i got for you how did you get into stripping uh, the questions you were asking this isn't exactly watergate you know we're gonna fight can i at least get dressed i have an important announcement to make
1: you're gonna do it you're gonna sell the paper
2: hey you're really gonna quit the main line
1: why stick around
2: Okay, why does anybody get up in the morning? You don't. I don't. I think we should get rid of them. That's insane. The whole office is going to get up and walk out.
0: Roy Walsh buys this paper. I'm walking. Me
2: too. Me too. Me too. Well, that's
0: that. We had some good times here, didn't we? We really shook things up.
1: Everybody in the unemployment line. I had you going there for, for a 2nd
0: All right, Andy, it's Letterbox time.
1: Letterbox time.
0: Oh dear. Okay. Well, we didn't like the movie very much. How far down does that put you?
1: Uh, I, uh this is one of those films where it's like, do I just do I rate it on um just my general uh displeasure with everything in it or do I say, you know what? The production design, the casting, like there were elements that worked. Um I, I I think when I do my ratings, usually it's 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 not just because of those particular elements. It's kind of the whole thing as as a single entity. And because the story was just such a misfire across the board, I I gosh. <laughs> Do I want to go to, like, the, the lowest and give it a half star?
0: Oh, wow. wow. Uh, I, I, if I, you land there, I would not have seen that coming. That is That would be a surprise.
1: Well, okay. Um, I'll give it one. I'm going to give it one star. Because wow. I, I did enjoy... Some of the elements in the film, I didn't. I wasn't bored. It wasn't a boring <laughs> movie at all. Like it was actually
0: yes, it yes, entertaining. It was. in it a was pretty a boring,
1: terrible way. Um, it was <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, that that might be our most violent disagreement in this conversation. It was a boring movie. It was a boring. No, see, I wasn't boring. Bored. Most of it was a boring movie.
1: That's interesting because even in those moments where, like, I knew everything, like the story was just so obvious, like nothing was a surprise yeah. in this movie. I still was just like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, watching something burn. And so I don't know. I, I found it to be interesting in, in that sort of way.
0: It's like, it's like somebody putting a golf ball on a lathe. Like you're just waiting for it to explode. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, <laughs> I have used words like wooden and cardboard. And- <laughs> lifeless in this conversation i cannot i cannot in good conscience end this in my catalog as uh, on the record as anything above a half star i just that's the, i'm the one who's supposed to be the curmudgeon you are the spirit of love and innocence on this show and uh, so i think i have to end up below you
1: i have no, no, no. to it's my okay. duty no no i'm not going to let you i'm going to go to half star because that's where I originally wanted to go, and you made me feel guilty about it. And so my notes—I was half star. already a
0: half star. I was already—it <laughs> was in my notes. It was a half star before. I was a half star too. You and even then
1: you started me into bringing it up. I'm not bringing w- it up for this movie. <laughs> I'm back to a half star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, fine, half star it is. That's where. Uh, we but sit. are you going to give it a heart? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
0: oh man! One of All the right. most
1: delicious uh, letterbox tools is that heart, especially in conversations like this. Because you know, yeah. uh, no people,
0: under, people un- underplay the heart. People underestimate the power of the heart. I
1: think <laughs> they do.
0: Yes, yeah. they do. Yes, All they right. do. What did you think about? We want to know. Hop into the Show Talk channel
1: on Discord, and we'll be talking about this movie this week. I can't wait for your stories about how you tracked it down. <laughs> Very much looking forward to that. Um, all right. Well, when the movie ends,
0: our conversation begins. Letterboxd giveth, Andrew.
1: As Letterboxd always doeth. I,
0: I started looking for five star reviews. I tried, and there aren't any. <laughs> so we ended up, what did we end up with? Uh, we ended up with the good, uh, a weirdly, two-star review by David Sims. And this one's dated the 22nd of September, 2017. David says, two stars. Why you do this, Catherine? <laughs> Which is good, but it's, it's actually the setup. For another review
1: that's right it's the pay uh the payoff is right here by emma stefanski who has this to say david sims owes me 2.99 <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: god i wish this had cost me only 2.99 in time alone this movie cost me hundreds of dollars <laughs> <laughs> This is Cody Cody Lunsford. Uh, one and a half stars. This movie is actually impossible to pay attention to. Cody actually reflects my experience entirely uh, in this one. It is it is rough. Yeah, it rough. All right, it's a rough one. Well, thanks, Letterbox. I've been podcasting since two thousand six. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms, but in August two thousand twenty two.